Everybody wants Kung Fu Podcast! Ha! Your mind becomes fast as podcast! Ha! Oh, the reverb. There's a little bit podcast! Ha! A little bit podcast! Da 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 Cool song. Adeline, what do you think about the CeeLo uh, Green cover of Kung Fu Pining at the end of this movie? My name is Jack Black. Who? <laughs> ha. Huh. Answer my question. What do you think about the CeeLo Green cover of Kung Fu Pining at the end of this movie? I just, I, I just, I just don't know why. <laughs> it's just this. We didn't do our intro. I'll just. It's an my intro. name is Adeline. It's no, no, it's allowed. She's Adeline on Jackson. So, like, it, it, that is just a cultural <laughs> artifact that has aged very poorly. Kung Fu, pan, kung fu fighting? Yes. Everybody because, first knows. of all, Kung Fu fighting is just a racist song. Yeah, it's fine. And second of all, CeeLo Green got pretty soundly canceled a few years ago. Yeah. And I don't remember why. I think it has something to do with, like, drunk driving or something. But, like, still, it's just one of those things Everybody that's, like... drunk driving! <laughs> it's just, like, I don't... This, this seems weird. <laughs> I, I'm and like, not... It's nobody's fault. <laughs> except for maybe the slow progression of time. But like, you know. Right. The march of time that goes ever onward. Never southward. Uh, um, it's not a joke. Uh, Adeline. Yes. What did we watch today? We, well, we watched Everybody Was Kung Fu Panda. Everybody Was Kung, Kung Fu Panda. Panda. Skadoosh. Um... <laughs> I so, hate the energy that you've created <laughs> with your fucking water. <laughs> so, this is a movie that I am genuinely, generally really impressed by. Oh, yeah. But I have some specific beefs with it that are mostly in the third act. Yeah. Um... So I guess we'll just get to those when we get to them. I mean, my problems with it are mainly in the first act, actually. Mm. I think this movie takes a minute to get going. And I think it kind of suffers for that. I also just don't... I think this movie was afraid to go as hard as it could have gone. What do you mean by that? Because the second one goes hard in, like, a major way. I don't remember the second yeah, one Yeah, I know all. you don't know <laughs> the don't. second one. I'm telling what? you, it I goes feel like hard. this movie goes pretty hard. Like, what it are does. you... Well, it's like, I, the way that I described this in my notes was that, like, this movie's got, like, sprinklings of aesthetic, like, are all over the movie. Like, the jail has a very specific aesthetic of that color palette of, like, the red lights and, like, the blue sparks and, like, stuff like that. And, like, there's some cool scenes that have, like, really specific aesthetics. Like, the end scene that's, like, at sunrise that's really cool. Or, like, the fight between Shifu and Tai Lung. I have to remember all these character names. But, like, across the board, there's not, like, a cohesive, like, strong aesthetic. I don't think that's true. I do. I thought, because I think this movie goes really hard in terms of just, like, being good and having genuine character conflict and yeah. oh yeah like having really intense like balls to the wall fight choreography oh yeah that's like storyboarded the fuck out of oh yeah and like that's my laptop fan I'm gonna have to edit that out later um she oh, should address it so <laughs> Um, it's our friend Fanny. He's a part of every episode. <laughs> yeah, it's we our, just turn it into a character. And that's keep our it. our mascot, Fanny, the fan on my old ass laptop. Not to be confused with the robot from Robots. That was Aunt Fanny. That's different. Okay. I'm gonna let's play a game called How Old Is My Computer. Uh, I'm gonna guess it's from 2013. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Anywhere between 2013 and 2015. Uh. Wait. How do I find out? I thought it would just tell me the, like, model of my... Oh, late 2011. Oh, jeez. Late 2011. So, folks, next time, um, just be more appreciative... Of the computer Of the content, have. no, of the content we put out, because, um... I'm doing everything that you're hearing right now. All of our Let's Plays, all of our superhero movie video essays, all of our podcasts are coming to you out of something that was built nearly 10 years ago. (laughs) 
So that's a marvel of engineering. Yeah, truthfully, I think I'm pretty incredible. Um, so I feel like one of the things about this movie that sort of has to be discussed in 2020 Mm -hmm. is the fact that it is a movie that is soundly and squarely about China. Yes. Um, featuring mostly white actors, not entirely, like two thirds white actors. Yes. Here's, here's what I have to say. I have a take about this. Okay. Um, I think that today it would be a Chinese cast for two different reasons. First of all, is that we just have more Chinese... Like, first of all, like, people would need for it to be Chinese actors. People yeah. would not be cool with this today. They would say, hey, you need Chinese actors. Yeah. That is one reason. The other reason is that we are not as movie star driven as we used to be in 2007. Oh, right? yeah. Oh, yeah. Movies... Especially with, like, animated features. Right. like, you had to have, like, a big celebrity. Yeah. Movies today are a little bit less... You don't necessarily need to have a movie star attached in order to make a blockbuster today. Yeah. What you need is good IP. Yes. (laughs) Which is the difference. But in 2008, that was really important. You had to have a Jack Black or a Leonardo DiCaprio. or Or an Angelina Jolie. Or an Angelina Jolie. Any of these kinds of things. In order to get your movie off the ground. But... And, like, the difference is that in 2007, there weren't really many big-name Asian actors, especially Chinese actors. I mean, not especially, but, like, let alone Chinese actors. Yeah, because that's the kind that we need. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Let's just get some Japanese people (laughs) in here. But, um, and, you know, they got pretty much all of them, right? Yeah. They got Jackie Chan. Yep. They got um, Lucy Liu. Yep. And, um... Then there were Chinese guys who play the dad and Master Uguay. Yeah. Um, but, and, you know, and obviously there's also just a different sort of class of movie stars today. Like, Aquafina would be all over this today. Yeah. Um, but, like, it's just the difference between needing a Jack Black and getting a Jack Black or just making a movie about China and just getting somebody who yeah. is good. Well, and just you being, know? there's a difference between, like, this has to be Jack Black and being like, wouldn't it be fun if Jack Black did this? Like, you right. know, like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, who's the name of any of the people in Spider-Verse? I couldn't tell you because they're not Angelina Jolie's. Uh, Adeline, yeah. Jake Johnson, Haley Steinfeld, fucking the kid who plays Miles, who was on The Get Down, directed by Baz Luhrmann, and his name is, should... Shania Twain. Shamik... Shanique? Shamik Moore, right? I'm 80% sure that's right. Shamik Moore. Well, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that he's not Jack Black. (laughs) No, he's not Jack Black. Um, But yeah, that's the thing. I couldn't remember his name for a minute. Yes. Um, Sean Mulaney? Sean Mulaney. Isn't it weird that he's like a bankable movie star now? Anyway. um, (laughs) What weird times we live in. (laughs) Right. But it's like basically the only people that are truly like bankable movie stars right now are like Chris Evans, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, Chris Evans and Robert Downey Jr. and like anyone who is in a Marvel movie, really. Well, but that's not even true because that's not true for Chris Hemsworth. It's true for Paul Rudd. Or I think Chris Hemsworth. I, that's not no. true. Chris Hemsworth's been Adeline, in some flops. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth was in the biggest box office bomb of the 21st century, was that which the is arc? called No Black Hat. It was a movie oh, by Michael Mann that was about, like, hackers or something. I didn't even hear about that. Which is a weird thing, because Chris Hemsworth was the lead, A. Eh? Yeah. Michael Mann is a respected director with a dedicated fan base. Yeah. And everybody says the movie's pretty good. But for some reason, it made, like, $300,000 worldwide. That's so weird. <laughs> and nobody can really figure out what happened. It, like, it must be advertising, because I just, like, literally never heard about right. it. But yeah, like today, and you know, I think it's different for like blockbuster action films and like, you know, sort of like more serious movies. Yeah, yeah. Because if you get like a new Spielberg or a new Tarantino or a new whatever, you've always Mm got to have like a Brad Pitt or a Leonardo DiCaprio or a Tom Hanks. Like those guys still have selling power. Oh, yeah. But they're just working in a different space than the like movie stars, quote unquote, are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Meryl Streep also. What about her? 
Cool. Good. Good actress. Um, That's my hot take for this episode. (laughs) I like Meryl Streep. I'm trying to think who else is like an action movie blockbuster star that will like put butts in seats. Tom Holland. I was going to say Tom Holland. They're all Avengers people right now. Like. I think it's. John Boyega? No. No. I think Adam Driver is closer to being a Brad Pitt or a Leonardo DiCaprio at this point than yeah. he is a Chris Evans. What a weird thing, too. I know. Adam Driver fucking rules. Did you ever watch Marriage Story? I didn't watch Marriage Story. Marriage Story kicks so much ass. Yeah. And did you ever see The Last Jedi? I did. I the kinda... Last Jedi kicks so much ass. <laughs> I But see, the problem with that is that I also watched Rise of Skywalker, and that kind of that kind of ruins it a but little bit. But he's probably good in it. I'm willing to go on a ledge that he's good on it. Uh, <laughs> okay, Craig. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> you're gonna go out on a limb. <laughs> you're gonna go out on a limb and say that Adam Driver is probably good in Star Wars Nine. Um, that sh- shall not be named. Anyway, Jack Black um, does a really good job. Chris Pratt also is kind of a movie star that I feel oh, like yeah. he's kind of fading out though. What is he? He hasn't been in a big movie like that lately. That hasn't been in a Guardians deal. Yeah. Uh, he he's he hasn't gotten canceled. He's like been like I'm gonna be one of the conservative movie stars, right, and everyone's yeah. like, uh, why? <laughs> I don't think he's conservative so much as he is just like Christian and likes to talk about being Christian a lot. Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him to be like actually like politically conservative, or maybe he just knows to keep it to himself. Yeah. I don't know. Well, see, the point is that I haven't heard so much about it that I know that it's probably not that big a deal. Because <laughs> right. if it was a big deal, if he was like, I think Trump is the best president, then, right. we would, then he would be canceled so fast. <laughs> right. It's um, the speed at which someone is canceled and tells you how big of a deal it is. <laughs> right. Um, if it's a slow burn, you're probably okay. <laughs> so, uh, Kung Fu... Panda one. What are we talking about? We're talking about Chinese people. Um, all that said, I really like Jack Black in this, and I really like Dustin Hoffman in this also. Uh, okay, can we talk about how Tigress is like the best character ever made? Yeah, Angelina Jolie is really good. Angelina Jolie is so freaking good. And I think that Poe as a character is really, really, really expressively animated. Oh yeah. And he, I feel like. I'm trying to think how to put this into words. There is a certain amount of genuine familiarity, I feel, with his character, you know, watching this movie. Just based on how perfectly married Jack Black's voice is to the character design to the facial animation. Oh, yeah. And I think that comes from them being like, this has to be Jack Black. Right. Like, that's... Where the character design was, make that Jack Black. <laughs> <laughs> right, make Jack Black a panda. Yeah. Um, but, and I think that, I mean, I think there's just a, a really solid synergy between all elements of that performance, quote unquote. Oh, yeah. Which I think is really, really, it really makes a difference, mm-hmm. you know? I think the same is true for Dustin Hoffman, also, and Shifu. Mm-hmm. Um, just... I guess I don't have anything else extra to say about that. Just besides really like it. Also that, the yeah. same things that I said about Jack Black just then, also about Dustin Hoffman. Yeah. Well, what's so what I like so much about Poe is that I think he's written really, really well for a pretty basic protagonist. Right. Like, he is every young, annoying kid thrust into, like, a position of power ever, and yet they do a really good job of, like, keeping him silly and dorky without him, like ever really crossing the line into being annoying, which is, like, a really hard right. like, needle to thread. And, like... A thread to needle? Thread to needle. But it's also, Wait. like... Jackson. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, continue. But, like, I mean, just in the writing itself of the story, like, the way that it's written, I'm gonna say the way that it's written 12 more times, like, I feel like... If Poe had a crush on Tigress, I feel like he would lose a lot of relatability. Right. If that makes any sense. Like, then he would just be that weird, creepy kid that has a crush on you, you know? Right. But they, like, do, like, such a cool thing where it's like, he's not in love with her. He just respects the shit out of her and thinks she's super cool. And, like, that I love. And that makes a really cool dynamic where he wants to be like her and wants to be around her, but she's pissed at him because she's got her own daddy issues that she's working through like it's just 
the way that they write him is just really effective at making him likable, which right. is kind of like it's it's a it's a combination of Jack Black, who's already likable, and then character design, which is really good, and then writing him so that he's not a prick, which can sometimes be <laughs> right. really hard. Um, I I agree with you, but I also think that sort of germinates the thing that I don't like about this movie, which is that I think the whole Poe is fat thing yeah. and Poe is goofy thing go too far, especially in the third act. Because, and you know, I, I don't think it's like especially fat phobic. I don't think I would go yeah. that far, but because it is really empathetic to him as a character, you yeah. know, but it's just that also it's really funny that he's big. Yeah. I don't know. And I never took it as like it's not like Thor in Endgame. Like it's not that to me. It's right. more like because the whole Texan what? fucking crank that shit, dog. <laughs> um, slap open a monster, my man. I'm drinking a sparkling water. <laughs> <laughs> Keep talking. God, I fucking hate you. <laughs> but oh my god, what the fuck was I saying? It's mango flavored. Shut up. Just mango. Yeah, just why does it need to be more than one fruit? <laughs> How many fruit do you need? <laughs> oh, not really, what was I saying? You were talking about how they deal with him being fat, and it's not like Thorin. Oh yeah, yet. well, it's it's because the whole time he's like training to become the Dragon Warner Warrior, it feels like he has to completely reject who he is in order to become the Dragon Warrior. Like mm-hmm. he has to. He can't be silly. He can't be who he is, and that's mostly because Shifu isn't trying to be a good teacher. He's just trying to show him out. So when he is trying to be a good teacher, he's like, you can be the dragon warrior and like food and be fat and be silly. That's not what, like, this is about. So at the end of the movie, when he's, like, using his weight, basically, like, as a weapon against Tai Lung, like, I don't know, I found it, like, rewarding. Like, it was a payoff of, like, all the silly things that we've seen him do throughout the movie are, like, things that he can actually use because that's just a part of who he is. But see, if it were me... And it wasn't. Um, the final act, because to me, a lot of it feels, he feels like more bumbling than he does confident, right? Yeah. Like everything's just happening to work out in his favor. Which, you, you could argue maybe sort of ties into the whole all the themes of like destiny and whatever in this movie. But yeah. to me, I think that there are genuinely a lot of things about Poe as a character that would make him actually a good match to fight Tai Lung. Mm -hmm. He's big and heavy, and he can use that weight to his advantage, which they do kind of use. Mm -hmm. He is really vastly knowledgeable about the history of Kung Fu and knows a lot of things, which you could argue the Wuxi Fingerhold is that. And he's also, like, has the dedication to learn the things, but, you know, that's all earlier. Mm -hmm. But, and he is funny and goofy, which I don't think needs to be physical. I think if you have Poe do a combination of like genuine real kung fu using his body type, like a sumo wrestler, yeah. and like standing his ground and fighting in a grounded way and like dealing with Tai Lung that way, while also being able to use things that he knows in his brain, whether it's like artifacts or like history or whatever in that fight, yeah. while also just baiting Tai Lung by being a douche yeah. <laughs> while. <laughs> <laughs> while they're fighting. Beat a skadoosh. Being a skadoosh while they're fighting. I think those three things would work super well. Yeah. And each of those is like kind of a, I mean, I don't know. All three of those things are kind of used in their own kind of way in mm-hmm. the movie. But I want it to be about that and I want it to feel more confident and more serious and less yeah. bumbling and goofy, you know? Yeah. And it can still be fun and entertaining because the funness comes from Jack Black. Yeah. And what he says as he's, like, taunting Tai Lung as he's fighting him. Yeah. But I don't think it needs to be quite so slapsticky, you know? Okay, our dog's in here, so. Our dog's so hello, welcome. Franklin, do you have any thoughts about Kung Fu Panda 2? You did watch it. It's Kung Fu Panda 1, Adeline. What did I say? You said Kung Fu Panda 2. I just really want to watch Kung Fu Panda 2. I don't know what to tell Look, you. Look, the reason we're watching all three of them is because I have previously stated that I think all of them are as equally good as each other, and I can't tell them apart. So we're going to test that theory as we do all three of these Kung Fu Panda movies eventually. Wee. I don't know, but we are also doing the Pokemon movies and the Star Wars movies, so this is just going to be a sometimes treat, what, I think. When we want to watch Kung Fu Panda, we'll watch Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. 
what what is really fun about this movie like animation wise is like how I I don't remember if all of the Furious Five, if they each use, like, a different kind of kung fu. I think they do a little bit. But, like, just the way that they're just, like, all animated so differently is just, like, so visually impressive and fun to watch. Right. Like, when Viper does something, it looks completely different than when Tigress does something. Yeah. But, like, <clears throat> even between, like, Tigress and Poe, who are both bipedal, like, animals, like, even between them, like, they're the way that they're animated is just so different. Right. And one of the things I love about the writing of this movie is that each of the Furious Five, like, have a different relationship with Poe. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess not each of them, but they, a lot of them. Because, like, sort of Mantis and Viper are both, like, kind of trying to be friendly to him and, you know, help him through and be compassionate with him. Because mm-hmm. they know it's not really his fault. And even if they are bitter about it, they're choosing to to be kind in the hopes that, you know, they can help this guy because they know it's not his fault. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas Crane is just sort of trying to, Crane and Monkey are both just sort of trying to keep their heads down and be like, I mean, whatever, whatever, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. I'm choosing not to engage, I'm not, I don't care yeah. about this at all. Yeah, my room, I'm not going to hang out with you, I'm not going to be a dip to you, but I'm also going to be like, hey, yeah. get out. I'm just going to try to ignore you as best I can. Yeah. Like, act like nothing is wrong. Um, and then Tigress, obviously, is the one who has, like, a really hostile relationship with Poe in the same way that Shifu kind of does. Yeah. Um... And I just think that's a really cool arc because it would be so easy to be like, oh, and they're all mad because they yeah. thought they might get to be the Dragon Warrior, but it's him instead. Yeah, I but, mean, either way, I feel like it would have been, wouldn't have been rewarding in any way. Like, if they're like, oh, they all kind of understand it's not his fault, so they're all friends. And it's like them versus Shifu. And then it's like, but that doesn't... Right. I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Um. So, okay, first of all, if we're, we're talking about the movie in a big picture kind of way, but if we're just going to go through it, mm-hmm. at the beginning... I like that we never make a big deal out of the fact that he's a panda and his dad's a goose. Yeah. Right out of the gate, something I don't like about Kung Fu Panda 2 is that it feels like it needs to address that, which I don't think needs to be addressed. It's a kid's movie about talking animals. You're the worst. The dad (laughs) can be a goose. It's fine. And, like, just... I don't know. Maybe maybe I wouldn't mind it if there was just a culture of things always needing to be overexplained in movies like this. But I think, if there wasn't a culture, I mean. Is I, that what I said? I don't know. I wasn't okay. listening. Um, I think that you will change your tune when you watch the second one. Because, yes, they do explain it. But it's all about Poe like trying to figure out who he is as the Dragon Warrior. Now that he is the Dragon Warrior. And, like, and then, to an extent, who he is without Kung Fu. Right. And so I think he's trying to figure out several parts of his identity. And I think the question of, hey, dad, why the fuck am I the only panda in the whole world? I think that's a va- I think that's a valid question. I don't think, I think it's stupid that he's the only panda in the whole world. But, okay, here's the thing, though, he's not. Because... Well, I know, but it's just, like, Tai Long is just like, you're a panda. And everyone's like, he's a panda. Nobody acts like it's weird that he's a panda. And then we go to Shifu, and Shifu's like, he's a panda. And yeah. Tigris and then, is like, he's a panda. Yeah, and suddenly, in the second one, it's like... You're the only panda, <laughs> and we don't know where all the other pandas but that's went. Because of and a nobody, thing. nobody thought or mentioned that earlier. I did, <laughs> but, but you okay? Um, but like, okay, so here's my argument, right? SpongeBob, good show, right? <laughs> I'm gonna kill you if you're gonna talk about SpongeBob's parents. <laughs> no, I'm, gonna I'm not talking about SpongeBob's parents because we meet his parents and also his grandma. Right? So. No, I'm talking about Pearl and Mr. Krabs. Okay. It's like it's kind of a joke and it's kind of goofy and they like acknowledge it sometimes, but they're never like, okay, here's the story. There was a whale, right? She had a baby, but she didn't want it. She had to go off to her whale thing, and then Mr. Krabs adopted the whale because it was such a poor little baby, and he had enough money to be able to. Adopt her financially responsibly, so he did so. Do you remember (laughs) that episode of Spongebob where Patrick is like, Hey, Spongebob, my parents are coming over. Can you pretend to be dumb to make me look cool? And then it goes exactly how you would expect it to go. Everybody's just shitting on Spongebob all the time. But then we get to the end of the episode, and they're like, hey, those two starfish that have been here the whole time aren't your parents. These are your parents. And then the other two starfish just leave. Do you remember that episode of Spongebob? I don't think they leave at the end. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, we don't have a son. And then they leave. Oh, you mean the first ones, right? 
I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> that's, <laughs> I'm just asking. It if you doesn't. It, it doesn't need to be explained. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, oh, we don't know. It was that. funny, and I laughed. So you're right, great. There you go. I mean, I gotta say, I do really like the relationship of Poe and his dad in this movie because it, it it goes back to the same kind of writing thing as like him being like this dorky kid who's the chosen one. It's like, oh, you gotta be in the family business, but like Poe isn't really interested in the family business. Right. But like they handle it in like a really like naturalistic way. Like I don't feel like Poe's about to start singing about <laughs> right. how he doesn't want to be like the family business. About you know? how everyone was kung fu fighting. About how everyone was kung fu fighting. <laughs> kung fu panda. <laughs> I want to be the kung fu panda. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna write kung fu panda in the musical. <laughs> You know oh we're like God. you know we're like a year and a half away from that. Can you please? <laughs> that is going to happen whether you like it or not. <laughs> Kung Fu Panda the musical. I, I don't mean, know if Star Kid might do it. <laughs> I mean, I don't. That will happen. I don't know if they'll actually use Kung Fu fighting in it <laughs> as a motif. Don't but like, if it were up to me, they would. <laughs> the show would open with da 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 da, da. <laughs> and everyone <laughs> would be uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Everyone would kind of regret the decisions that yeah. they made in sitting down at the theater. And we would cast. Seth Rogen and Jack Black, and we'd actually get rid of Lucy Liu and Jackie Chan. We'd replace them with, like... Because Jackie Chan is going to try to fucking, like, kill a dude while jumping (laughs) through the air while on fire above the audience, and he's going to die like Spider-Man did. (laughs) Because he's a million years old and he refuses to not do his own own stunts, and I'm worried about his safety. The joke was just that I was going to get rid of all the Asian people and make the whole thing as racist as possible, but, like, that also, sure. It's going (laughs) to... Jackie Chan's going to pull a Spider-Man and die <laughs> yeah. live on stage. I want to mount a production of Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. How yeah. do, does anybody have... If you're listening and you have Bono's phone number, let me know. Because I want to do some Spider, Spider-Man 2, the musical. Do you remember that one year for uh, Thanksgiving Day Parade where they had the Spider-Man musical, like open on the parade yeah. like how they have like some people do the right. numbers from the shows and then they had like the costumes for like the green goblin and like right. the two other guys and it was like the dopest shit i've ever seen and then i was upset that i never got to watch <laughs> the spider-man musical so i this the like villains of uh the spider-man musical spider-man turn off the dark were the sinister six but it was a really weird collection of villains um oh their costumes are dope man they're so weird but like i like it <laughs> somebody just give me a list not like a picture that everyone I have to try to on suss the entire out. planet is trying to forget spider-man turned off the dark and i refuse to let them forget okay. about it Spider-Man. just let me have a second here okay so i guess it's not really that weird it was um, the Lizard, Craven the Hunter, Green Goblin, Electro, Carnage, uh, Hive, which is a weird pick. And I don't know who this silver guy with the drills is. <laughs> the three drills coming out of his head. Um, maybe he's like a weird take on like the Tinkerer or Why something. Why does Craven the Hunter have a weird big blocky face? Because yeah, it's fun. It's fun that way. I just want him to be... But I was just guy. concerned about their use of Hive as a villain, who's like a villain from the old like howling commando series who's a guy made out of bees who's a nazi and like he's like a hydra agent who is experimenting on insects and got turned into a swarm of bees and they were like he's gonna be in the spider-man musical I mean, I for like, sure i like this human swarm of nazi bees <laughs> yeah. i like that i think that's there's, cool <laughs> there's um the ant-man series that's running right now is written by Zeb Wells, and it's, like, my favorite comic book that's coming out right now. Yeah. And the big conflict, it's just a miniseries, but the big conflict in it is that Ant-Man finds Hive, who's, like, a man made out of bees who's a Nazi, and he's like, yo, 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 Ant-Man, yo, I know I'm a Nazi, but, like, listen to me for a sec. And (laughs) Ant-Man's literally like, dude... I can't right now. Like, if anybody takes a picture of us together, yeah. it's gonna be the end of me. I'm gonna get canceled so at canceled. mock speed. Yeah, but he's like, no. There are, like, these three other guys who are also bug supervillains who are trying to take over, like, the entire world. This is, like, a global stakes thing. And Amy's just like, you're right. And I have to team up with the Nazi bee guy. <laughs> you're right. But you're a Nazi. Yeah, and it's so good. 
Um, uh, that's my uh, weekly comic book recommendation. Is he still a Nazi at the end of the comic? I don't know. They only released three issues, and then the coronavirus hit, so oh, okay. I don't know yet. But so maybe he gets killed by the coronavirus. <laughs> I don't. I mean, he's not going to not be a Nazi at the end. Um, <laughs> I know. I want that redemption arc where he for, stops being a Nazi. Five, maybe two thirds of his bees and then he, will and come he around. And he stops being a Nazi, and he starts wearing a T-shirt that just says "Save the Bees." That's that's a hive I can get behind. Okay, I want to. I want to take a second. I want to look up who this other guy is. So how many people died during Turn Off the Dark? Uh, I know that two actors got really hurt. I don't think anybody died. I might be wrong, though. Swiss Miss. I think so. <laughs> Carnage Swarm, Craven the Hunter, Electra the Lizard, and Swiss Miss. I guess she's like a Swiss Army knife? Whom Miss Arrow <laughs> invents on the spot? What? Swiss Miss Marvel. Is oh. that just something they made up for the musical? Yes, it is. All so right, it's a completely great. original villain just called Swiss Miss. Did they Miss. just need a female character? <laughs> During the retelling of Spider-Man's origin, Miss Arrow, one of the musical narrators, spontaneously adds Swiss Miss to the lineup of the original Sinister Six, feeling that the team could use a, quote, woman's touch, unquote. Oh my fucking god. So I guess... Okay, okay, okay. So Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark is, I guess... Like a meta narrative where the narrator is like in control of like this retelling of the Spider-Man story. That's kind of fun. What's up with that, Bono? Why? Why is that your take well, on yeah, Spider-Man? Yeah, why is why is this what you choose to do? And why is she? Why does she look like that? Transforming the Swiss Miss. Swiss Miss later fought Spider-Man as part of the Sinister Six. When she attempted to stab Spider-Man, Spider-Man leapt out of the way. Wow. Which caused Swiss Miss to stab Electro and electrocute herself. Because of this, both Swiss Miss and Electro were defeated. Oh my god. <laughs> wow, what three stooges bullshit. <laughs> Don't smack the table. Um, look at her. Oh, she doesn't even look good. So I guess the idea is that she's like a Swiss army knife. Yeah. But, but Swiss Miss also means hot chocolate is the yes. thing. So if she were a combination Swiss Army Knife and chocolate-themed supervillain, that would make more sense. Hold on, hold on. Is she an African-American woman? I don't know. It's not going to say on the Wikipedia <laughs> Well, page. I'm trying to look at the picture. Because then Swiss it's Miss not a weird. real person's face, I don't think. I can't see. It's just a prosthetic deal. Probably. Probably yeah. like Craven the Hunter. I'm just saying, there are layers here and I don't like any of them. <laughs> but anyway, the, the hive costume is cool because he's got little bees on wires that are like buzzing around him all the time. Yeah. It's cool. Anyway, Kung Fu Panda the Musical. Carnage one's good, too. Yeah, I'm going to write Kung Fu Panda the Musical, and it's going to be as racist as possible. Yeah. Um, Everything any kid in middle school said to another <laughs> Chinese student, it's going to be in the play. Right. Um, the I can continue this bit, bit but I'm going to choose not to. Great. Um, <laughs> Did I already say the thing that I wanted to say about his dynamic with his dad? Yeah, because that's how we got onto the musical. Right. Okay, we're good. I said the thing I wanted yeah. to say. And I mean, look, and I like the fact that his dad's a duck because it, like, is a physical representation of the the misfittedness that he feels emotionally, and it's just a thematic idea to me. And I think that's cool, and I, he doesn't need to be adopted, and he doesn't need to have a real panda dad, because Goose Dad's fine. Yeah. That's my take. Um... Uh, also, the sequence where he's trying to get into the stadium while they're doing the Dragon Warrior stuff is, is really good. just so good. And there's a part of you that thinks that, like, it might be frustrating to be, like, teased with all this, like, super cool stuff. Especially since we've already seen a little bit of how cool the action can be in this movie. Yeah. Um, But you just end up... Like, I don't know. For, the, the action, quote-unquote, is not, like, fighting. But the action around Poe is still interesting and engaging enough that you don't feel cheated every time you don't see some dope shit happening. Yeah, whatever he's doing is, like, funny and interesting. So it's, like, it's not, like, it's not, like, buffooning around while something cool happens. It's, like, oh, right. we're doing something creative and funny. And yeah. also something else is going on. And there's also just, like, plenty of cool stuff in the rest of the movie, you know? Yeah. It's not like oh you God. don't feel, like, cheated out of something because you're fully satisfied by, like, what comes afterwards. The fight on the bridge between the Furious Five and Tai Lung is maybe the dopest shit on the whole planet. Uh, it's Fast Five. It's not. Furious Seven. <laughs> Tokyo Drift. Are you trying to think of a joke? No, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm waiting for you to stop breathing. 
<laughs> it goes the Fast and the Furious. Yes. Too Fast, Too Furious. Yes. Fast and Furious colon Tokyo Drift. Yes. Why are you listing all the names of the Fast and Furious <laughs> because series? Fast, Fast and Furious is the fourth one. Right? <laughs> or is it the sixth one? What's the sixth one? Fast Five. The six Fast Six Furious? Maybe that one's Fast and Furious. What's the fourth one? Jackson, I'm going to kill you. Anyway, that's Fury- Fast Five, not Furious Five. Furious Seven is the joke. Anyway. You good? You happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy with that. What, are you, okay. what did you want to say? Well, it's just that whole, that whole fight sequence is so cool because, I mean, I think, going back just a little bit, like, the way that they, like, develop a tigress... Shifu and Tai Long just like so quickly and so effectively like in one flashback is just crazy and like how effective that flashback is is like so good yeah totally here's my thing about flashbacks in movies I think they can be really effective in telling the audience things that we need to know that we're not necessarily gonna be able to experience Uh I think flashbacks are only stupid if they either don't tell us something we need to know or show us something that literally happened in the movie. That's right. like my biggest pet peeve of all fucking time. Right. We're watching the movie. <laughs> Don't show me something that happened 20 minutes ago because I right. remember. Yeah. But yeah, like just that that whole sequence is just so effective of like setting up the relationship between Tai Long and Shifu. And like how the relationship fell apart. And like how it's affected every single one of his relationships since then. Especially with Tigress. It's just... Chef's kiss yeah. is so good. Our dog appears to have just like laid down and died. He's fine. He's <laughs> just I don't know, I don't I haven't ever known him to act like that. No, he does that. He just He just like fell over. Fully lies down on his side and like spreads his leg out. <laughs> um and you know, and I think the like truly the strongest strength of this movie <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. is just the interaction between Poe and Shifu. Because as I said, both of them are so perfectly married to their characters mm-hmm. that it, and the writing is really genuinely good and their like conflict is really simple, but genuine. And I think that like narrative tension is just exactly what it should be in this movie. Mm-hmm. You totally feel for and understand Shifu but you also, like, obviously are sympathetic towards your protagonist, which is Poe. And I guess, like, just their back and forth is one of the most satisfying things about this movie. Oh, yeah. And whether it's just dialogue back and forth or whether it is physically a back and forth. Yeah. Like, no matter what, their relationship is always the thing that's, like, propelling the movie forward. Um and I think that that is the thing that this movie really, really gets right. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I also, I also think it's stupid that he can just do kung fu when it when he wants to get to food. That's stupid. Like fuck off. <laughs> well, he's gotta. So he. The, and he has to imagine the scroll is a cookie in order to get the. It's scroll. a double-edged sword because he is the chosen one. He is the dragon warrior. But it's, like, the whole thing is that, like, anyway, could be the Dragon Warrior. But, like, specifically, Poe is the Dragon Warrior because mm-hmm. he was chosen. But, like, he's got to have some ability or he's just going to get fucking murdered. Right. So, like, we got to give him some kind of, like, innate ability. Yeah. But I don't think he needs that. I mean, like I said, the things that he has are yeah. his, like, encyclopedic knowledge of kung fu history and his, like, unique physical stature that he can use to his advantage. And I think having him just... Happen to already know how to do a bunch of flips if he wants to eat a cookie <laughs> is fucking stupid and okay. like borderline insulting. <laughs> um, Fine. <laughs> anyway, but you know, you also have to put something in the trailer. Um, <laughs> the, um, I remember that Skadoosh was like, all over the marketing for this movie. Oh, yeah. And I remember seeing it in theaters as a kid and being like, he doesn't even say skadoosh. Well, Until he does, thing. and I was like, oh, there's the skadoosh. This but- movie is definitely a victim of its time period, in definitely in marketing, but also in the number of times that they say awesome. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there was definitely, like, a mid- 
early 2000s phase where for some reason awesome was just like the new quirky kid word. Right, totally. And I don't know really why. It's been in the lexicon maybe since the beginning right. of time. I mean, and it, it's one of those weird things that, like, it felt so... Because, I mean, when I was in, like, 7th and 8th grade was probably when it was at its peak. Mm. And, like, at that point, awesome didn't even feel like it was, like, a slang word you were using. Yeah. It just felt, like, so permeated that... Like, it was just part of your natural vocabulary. Yeah, it you just, know? like, it went from, like, kind of being ironic because awesome meant, like, full of awe. Like, it was this huge thing. <laughs> right. And then you were using it casually. So it was, like, it was a way to exaggerate right. whatever you were doing. It's like in Bill and Ted when they're like, oh, that was so triumphant. Yeah, it it's like, like that. that. But then for some reason, all of media just used it so much that, like, as a society, we just kind of, like, dumbed down the usage of the word. And right. Now, like, when you say something's awesome, like, nobody... It doesn't sound. It doesn't weird. mean anything. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't mean anything. It's but just it like, also, that's awesome. you're like, great, cool. But it is also like less prevalent now. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like it's not a part of the like cultural vocabulary yeah. in it's the same way it's it not used to be. Quirky anymore, Jackson. But I, that's what I'm saying. I don't think it even felt quirky back then. There was a certain point where it was just like, that was the word you use. It's like using the word cool. It's like that's awesome. Like, yeah. and I don't think, not that we never say the word awesome anymore, but like. I don't know. It's just interesting that, like, it felt so genuinely ingrained in everything. Yeah. And now it's, like, not gone, but it's just, like, not so ingrained anymore. No. I don't know. Weird. So what year was Kung Fu Panda? It was 07, I believe. And then what year was the Lego movie? Oh, that was 2015. Really? Yeah, hold on. That movie uses awesome a lot. That's true. But I feel like that was in, like, sort of a postmodern way. Yeah, because it's about Legos and children's content. When I Googled Kung Fu Panda, the first thing that came up was KungFuPanda.com. Let's see what this looks like. It's probably for the TV show. Kung Fu Panda, the paws of destiny. Look at that. And they're about... Wow. I didn't realize we still did websites like these. I think... Oh, we can... Oh, dude. The new horse... Or the new spirit show... Where spirit is owned by a little rich white girl. <laughs> God, I hate that so much. Anyway. So this is just like a subsection of the DreamWorks website. That's lame. Yeah, uh, okay, so Kung Fu Panda was 2008. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. No, yeah, I mean, Lego Movie is definitely like a different era than Yeah, it's definitely Panda taking, was. it's definitely like not making, not necessarily commentary, but just like, like, taking the energy of Legos, I feel like Legos are definitely tied to that, like, age of, like, the overuse of awesome, so right. that makes sense. I'm, I'm confused by this result, which is a, a, some sort of article that was released about two weeks ago. Called Kung Fu Panda 3 Official Trailer. But that movie has... Oh, maybe it was just an update to the wiki entry. Okay, I was about to say, that movie came out a while ago. Um, I was like, who's still doing Kung Fu Panda 3 coverage? <laughs> Me. Um, but weirdly, it's also... There's a picture of Furiosa from Mad Max Fury Road on it. I don't know, it's whatever. Really, it's just a weird, a weird thing to come up. Uh, anyway, I'm using my weird search engine, so that happens sometimes. Because um, you love the planet and hate getting information fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, look, if I use it to Google the word Google, and then I just go from there, I'm still doing <laughs> then the Then everybody wins. Need. Yeah. Um, the, um, I mean, w- one of the things I wanted to say was that, like, the choreography in this movie is incredible. Crazy. We've touched, we've talked about it already. But it's crazy. One of the things that really gets me about it is that there are so many times when, like, the camera work, like, the filmic quality of it is as much a part of the choreography as the, like, figures themselves are. There's that bit that I love where, like, the Tai Long is escaping from prison and he grabs one of the guards and, like, hooks him up in the air. And the f- camera is, like, looking down and follows the guard in focus. And you can see Tai Long, like, just tearing through guys underneath him out of focus. And then when he falls down and lands, Tai Long is where he lands then and, like, throws him again. And it's incredible. God, that whole the- scene with Tai Long escaping is just uh-huh. fucking off the rails dope as hell it's insane and like it's like genuinely i think the best action choreography i've ever seen in an animated movie i've never i mean i'm sure there's a lot of really spectacular stuff in a lot of anime that i'm not privy to yeah um but as far as like western animation goes there is like absolutely nothing like that ever i don't think yeah besides maybe like kubo 
Um, I don't think there's a, I guess there are. I don't and, know. And it's just weird that, like, it takes an animated movie being a parody, not a parody, but, like, sort of parroting the, like, the style of, like, wuxia action films and, like, kung fu movies. Yeah. To, like, actually take action seriously, you know? Yeah. Like, Into the Spider-Verse, I think, is the closest thing to another, like, action animated movie that we have. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I'm forgetting. The Incredibles, I guess. But that's not really very action-heavy. Was there an animated Matrix movie, Jackson? There's a handful of animated Matrix shorts. Those were not really action-based either. Probably not. They were very philosophical. What about Um, fucking... Finding Nemo when Marlin <laughs> fights the sturgeon. Um, there's no sturgeons in Finding What's Nemo. What's the, the scary fish that kills his wife? The ang- oh, the barracuda. The bar- barracuda. Sorry. That's not how barracuda goes. <laughs> <laughs> she says barracuda. I've got the, which seems... I've got, you know what it fucking is? It's the version of barracuda that's in Shrek 3. Okay. <laughs> that's what that was. Anyway. All right. Um... What because was I they talking com- about? Because they combine a, a song from Ragnarok. Oh, Immigrant Song? Immigrant Song and Barracuda. <laughs> That's fucking stupid. It's, it's dope, though. <laughs> no, it sounds dumb. Um, But yeah, like, even Spider-Verse is not necessarily as choreography-focused, you know? Yeah. I feel like that movie is really heavily invested in its visuals, but the actual, like, movement of the figures within those visuals isn't necessarily as high of a priority. Is that yeah. fair to say? Um, like, it's just, yeah, no. As far as, like, Western animation goes, like, this is kind of the the only thing. I don't, and I guess I still haven't seen Kubo front to back. But Kubo was sort of drawing from the same inspirations and doing a lot of the same kinds of things, you know. Because mm-hmm. um, it's really just a ripoff of Kung Fu Panda. I'll, I'll say I'll it. I'll say it. We'll say it here. Um, we'll say it. Hot take. The whole bushy finger hold thing is funny. It's good. I think that's good. It's a fun callback. And then he says skadoosh at the end and we all laugh. And we all like it. I... Oh, you know what I remember? In the trailers and stuff, he would always say skadoosh when he bounced a guy off his belly. Yeah. He'd go skadoosh! And everyone thought that was really hilarious. Yeah, because you're all in elementary school. Yeah, we were like, that's so great. And we would like run around like bouncing off each other saying skadoosh. Yeah. Um... Simpler times, man. <laughs> um, I don't know. Sometimes I still do that. <laughs> sometimes I throw a rock at my friend just to feel something. Um, but yeah, like... God, I, we we talking about this movie in a weird way. Like, we talk about it as a whole and then we like really like scrutinize on like one single part of it. Right. But like the fight between Shifu and Tai Lung at the end of the movie, where Tai Lung is just, like, basically holding him off, and he's like, I'm gonna let my son kill me in order to save everybody else. <laughs> right. And Tai Lung is just, like, screaming at him about his destiny, and Shifu's like, it's my fault, dog. It's just so, it's so fucking Rules. good. And it's so good. It's so good. This movie is so genuinely well-written. Mm-hmm. Like, besides that, like, big-picture thing I have a problem with, like, the emotional stakes are so clear and so heartfelt and the dialogue is so clean, and it can be really goofy and really serious and, like, almost sort of, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, not pompous, but, like... Dramatic? Yeah, it could be, like, that's not the word I'm looking for, but it works. Like, it could be, like, really deeply, like, almost theatrical when it wants to be, you know? And it balances those those two tones... In, like, a really effective way, I think, without either of them compromising the other. Yeah. And, like, the back and forth and just, like, the 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 music of the dialogue is so strong that I think it really, like, pulls this movie together in a great way. Yeah. Like, when, after that fight and Poe comes and talks to Tai Lung, and Tai Lung, I, I think it just goes back to, like, the writing of Poe. Like, uh-huh. when Tai Fu approaches, I just call him Tai Fu. <laughs> My Tai Lung and Shifu. Yeah. That's not my fault. It's the movie's fault. Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> when Kung Fu Panda it's shows just, up. <laughs> it's so funny to just call him Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> but like when when Poe shows up to talk to Tai Lung and Tai Lung is just like, hey, what's up, you big fat idiot? Like it <laughs> it seems in character. Like it's not like right. the characters being silly is like not out of character for them. 
when Tai Lung, who's been, like, incredibly scary and dramatic two seconds ago, is now like, who the fuck do you think you are, fat guy? Like, it it just seems in character still. Like, Uh it's not like... It's not like, this is serious, Tai Lung, and this is silly, Tai Lung. Right, it's like, yeah. people are three-dimensional and can say silly things, even in serious situations. Right. And this movie is so much built around the whole idea of, like, destiny. Mm-hmm. And, like, that idea of, like, people who try to prevent their destiny often create the destiny they're trying to avoid, yeah. right? It's Oedipus Rex, it's Romeo and Juliet, it's Kung Fu Panda. It's Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but it's like and i feel like it comes up so many times because like in you know in um kung fu panda (laughs) in trying to prevent tai lung from escaping he allows tai lung to escape in trying to prevent po from becoming the the dragon master dragon warrior the kung fu panda he ends up yeah. creating the scenario in which he can become the Kung Fu Panda. Yeah, I mean, even with, like, the very beginning with Tai Lung, it's like training Tai Lung in order to be the Kung Fu Panda it makes it so that he becomes the villain. It's like right. that kind of thing. Yeah. But, like, even on a small scale, I think it's interesting because, like, Tai Lung gets that little feather and he, like, undoes his thing or whatever. But he's yeah. still, you know, there's a, a hot second where he's like, okay, so now I've, like, got these hands. I've got Step this one. thing off. So he's like, I don't know, really know what to do now. But then all the rhinos are like, fuck you! And they start, like, shooting shit at him and, like, going crazy. Yeah. And he, like, uses that to his advantage. And if they hadn't done that, he probably still wouldn't have been able to escape, escape you know? Like, because they're trying to prevent him from escaping, they gave him the resources yeah. to actually do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that theme is continued into the second one with Peacock villain guy, who's the coolest guy on the planet. Okay, I'm going to keep fucking talking dumb. about Kung Fu Panda 2 because I really like it. But, like, I, like, I just love... The one with Panda Dad. The one with Panda Dad. Panda Dad is at the last second at the 11th hour, so oh, it's fine. Oh, I guess that's right, because they, like, set it up for a sequel. It didn't come out for, like, eight years yeah, afterwards. and then it came out, and it was, like, just okay. It's, it's... it's but wait, what's the movie even about, then? Okay. Because that's when they start talking about him being adopted. Yeah, because, okay, so the goose... It's like a dad journey where the Panda Dad shows up, and he's like, Yo, I'm your Panda Dad. I heard about you because you're the Kung Fu Panda. And they're like, oh, hey, Dad, what's up, Dad? And then Kung Fu Panda Dad is like, hey, come to my village because there's either a problem that needs to be solved or I just want to hang out with you. Wait, are you talking about the third one or the second one? I'm talking about the third one. I'm talking about the second one. Oh, the second one is just fucking... Why does it even matter in the second one that he's adopted? It's because he's trying to figure out who his identity is. Oh, he's trying to find out who his dad is. Yeah. Well, he's not trying to figure out who his dad is. He's just like, yo, dad, where did I come from? Obviously, I'm adopted. And then he says, like, oh, I found you in the radish cart. And he's like, cool, it doesn't matter It doesn't matter where I came from because you're my dad and this is who I am and I'm happy with that. Or it could just actually yeah. be his dad, whatever. And then we get to the third one and he's like, what's up, I'm Panda Dad. Come on, uh, <laughs> freaking J.K. Simmons wants to wreck my whole shit. Can you? And he turns everybody into Jane Monsters, which that is actually cool. pretty do- dope. And it's, like, the first time in the whole series that they actually use, like, dragon iconography for the dragon warrior. <laughs> right. Which seems a little bit too late, but it's fine. <laughs> too little too late. Um, I am trying to think. The sequence where Poe and Shifu are training rules. And it feels... And, you know, I think there's a difference between making him, like, a big fat joke and just being, like, he's motivated by food. That's just a reality. Yeah. Which a lot of people are, and that, like, seems fine. And it's like he grew up um, in a noodle shop. Like, he likes food. Right, yeah. that's fair. Um, and there's a difference between him actually just turning into a kung fu master when he sees a cookie <laughs> versus... <laughs> like just being motivated That's not by what food. Happens. Yes, he, it is. He go okay. He like he's sad because all of the Furies Five are left or whatever, and he wants to get a cookie, so he crawls up. He's motivated by food. He fight. He to, they no, play he like flippy sound effects. How to get up there? He doesn't turn you Kung Fu Master. They literally say you're fifty feet up in the air in a perfect split. Shut the fuck up. Which they acknowledge he doesn't know how to do earlier because he wants that cookie so bad. <laughs> Adelaide. <laughs> um, and, but, like, it's genuinely, like, there's something about that sequence where Shifu is just like, okay, fuck it, let's do it. Like, I've come yeah. around, I'm swallowing my pride, and I'm saying, let's do this. And there's that bit where it's like, and it's cheesy, but he's, like, up on that rock, he's like, do you want to learn Kung Fu? And there's something that's, like, genuinely moving about it, you know? 
like you really genuinely feel it and like he and there's like that also that moment where shifu starts to like smile halfway through their like fun dumpling fight and it just it rules and their like relationship feels so genuine and the the progression of it feels so natural well i think it's because the whole movie we've been told that shifu is this amazing trainer and master Mm -hmm. and we really only see that as a disciplinary kind of thing like as a like being on everybody's ass and being super strict. And then we don't see, like, the real part of being a teacher, which is being kind and working with people and motivating people. So when we finally do get to see that side of him because he's allowing us to see it, that's what makes it so moving. Right. Um, I... This is a little tiny thing. Yep. I wouldn't have made the scroll a mirror. I think that's stupid. I, I Like, think... just have it be blank, that's fine. But it's like, oh, and also it's you. It was in your heart all along. <laughs> but here's what you didn't know. <laughs> yeah. It's I, like, it's a tiny thing. It's like a little detail. But it's like, no, just, it's blank. Do you think, that, what's the turtle's name? Ugwe. Ugwe. I was going to say Oolong, and that's not right. I just think everyone's name is a food. But, like, the way that Ugwe, I don't know. I feel like Ugwe would put a mirror in it. because. <laughs> no, no, Ugwe didn't make it. It's I know. An ancient but... artifact. <laughs> You're saying he went out of his way to go up there and put a mirror in it. Yeah. Because he knew it was in there. Yeah, because he's a funny old man and he knows things. <laughs> um, and I think he's in the third movie, if I remember correctly. I hope he is, because he rolls. Okay. Um, I also like the bit where the, all the stuff with the rose petals, when Shifu's just like, <laughs> and there's it's like just a bunch of nonsense, yeah. but like it's kind of cool. It's like I rose mean... petals going around and even catches the thing and there's like a single ripple in the water because yeah. he's so cool he's, he rules so hard well and it's like the whole I, shifu is just written so well in this whole thing that like his relationship with ugwe is just like so cemented so quickly right. and like we know who ugwe is just like the whole time and like because he's there for such a short amount of time before we kind of have to get rid of him in order for shifu to grow but like just like the relationship before that is just so good like that scene at the peach tree where he's like he's like doing this big metaphor about Poe and Shifu is like I refuse to accept this metaphor that you are making about Poe because I fucking hate Poe I'm going right. to make my own metaphor and it just it doesn't work because <laughs> because right. Ugwe's awesome like it's just there's then, this whole dynamic is so good yeah and it's you know I think that like this movie sort of posits, like, your mentor as an avatar of destiny, you know? Yeah. Anybody who's teaching you has learned to accept that that destiny is going to be what it's going to be. And, like, the... I, I Yeah, it's just... It's interesting because, like... Give me just a second to center my thoughts. Um, For some reason, whenever I look at this picture of the guys, like, my mind just completely goes blank. <laughs> I don't know why. I just, I have, I have up on my desktop right now, because I went on Letterboxd, this, like, picture of, like, some of the characters from Kung Fu Panda, like, striking a pose. And for some reason, whenever I look at it, just, Jackson like, everything just I was trying to think. <laughs> just everything I was trying to think of just goes away. Um... But yeah, it sort of conflates, like, obeying your mentor with submitting to destiny. Yeah. Like, you're... And, you know, there's a difference between, like, submitting and being passive and... Yeah. Understanding what is going to happen and taking action to ensure it. Um, but, yeah, I guess that's the, the whole thing I was going to say. They just sort of conflate those two ideas in an interesting way. Yeah. And I'm also interested in the the idea that, like, Shifu plants that little peach tree and then it shows up at the end. Yeah. Cause like, what's that mean though? Cause it sounds like he it sounds like that peach tree is because of Shifu's free will. So like, what's up with that? Are they saying that Shifu was like a little bit right? Like just like a little bit right, even though he was mostly wrong. I'm gonna ignore what you're talking about and say the thing that I want to say. Okay. <laughs> Which is, I I like the theme of this movie. That I think comes out that there is a responsibility of the mentor, it's like. It is their burden to teach, and they have to be responsible for what they do teach and who they're teaching. Right. Like, as a master, Shifu has the responsibility to teach Poe and to make sure that Poe learns, and he doesn't do that until, like, the end of the movie. Right. And then he also had that responsibility to Tai Lung, and he failed that responsibility again because he was just blinded by what he wanted and was totally ignoring what was going on. Right. I just think that's a really interesting theme to be like this... 
Like, not only is following your ma your master, like, submitting to Destiny, but, like, also your master has a responsibility to you, like, when they're creating a new universe or whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, are you done? I'm done. I'm done. I'm tired of the dog scratching the <laughs> door. I'll tell you that. Um, do you want to hear a review? I hit the jackpot uh, first review, I you think. You hit the jackbox? I hit... Not a joke. <laughs> Let me get over there real quick. So, don't look at my screen. Okay. Let me read this all the way through. Okay. Okay, so, um, not, do you want to hear Did it a, pass the not racist <laughs> check? Yeah, it did. Um, do you want to hear a one half of one star review of Kung Fu Panda? Oh, one half of one. I'm, I can't it. read. I'm okay. just looking at it. Um, this review comes from com. They say, I'm so tired of these fat fucking pandas and their stupid fucking possum or whatever the fuck Sensei is doing their dumb kung fu shit. Fuck Jack Black. He could have played the panda in live action and it still would have sucked. Fuck this movie and fuck its shit. <laughs> what is this for? Wait, hold on. So are they, they're saying, they're positing that they would have liked this movie better <laughs> if, if it was live action. I think what they're trying to say is just Jack Black is fat. Yeah. But also, through saying so, they are, in fact, yes, positing that it would have been better in live action somehow. But still not good. That's the important part. <laughs> right. That's still not worth seeing. <laughs> but just better. Also, I'm so tired of these fucking pandas. Which is just, you didn't watch the film, sir. He's the last panda. <laughs> um, so anyway, my name is Jackson McMurray. My name is Adeline McMurray. And this is Donors Alive. Franklin <laughs> keeps freaking scratching at the door to get in and get out of